and welcome to the Empire Dynasty League podcast. We are back again, and I'm joined as always by Christopher Keane. How are you? Kenny, you there? Ooh. Maybe I'm not joined as always by Christopher Keane. That might be because a big event took place and maybe he's still out celebrating. Maybe if I put this in, it might bring him from the dead. Ooh, here we go. Anyone who's not aware. The old D-Boys, Camo and Keeney's D's, up and about. And did they win? Keeney, does this bring you up and about now? I'm back, boys. I'm here. Oh! I'm back, boys. What a night that was. I mean, man, man, man the San Diego Demons, we've been exchanging texts all year, and we, we finally did it. Come on, you beauty. I tell you, I've watched the replay 57 times as well. One for every one year for we've every been year. absolutely <laughs> shithouse. And I can reveal there was some nudity at the back end of that third quarter. Woo, boy. Mm. Oh. Oh, was... yeah. Well, jeez. Nudity I'm up, and back I'm up end. And about. Nudity I'm up and, and about. back end always work together. But I am up and about after that remix. I tell you what, I feel like heading off to Revolver after that banger. I might. Uh, I've just might come. Have... I've just come from Revs, mate. <laughs> well, uh, tap me in because I might pick sco- old man Scoot up on the way and have a jolly old time. What do you reckon? That'd be too <laughs> too it. late past his bedtime, wouldn't it? No. <laughs> Loves well, it. Yeah, massive week for the D's, but also a massive week for our EDL dynasty as well. So I think we need to probably kick it off with some league news because there's plenty to get through this mm. week. There's certainly... Every newsman in this city's laughing at us, and I don't like it. There certainly is, boys, and we always love trades, and at the centre of every trade is our man Camo. And he's back. This was actually uh, just after our last episode, I think. But um, we'll give it the airtime now. So Camo gets in just to solidify the young up-and-coming quarterback room to join the Sherbet is Joe Burrow and the huge kicker in Brandon Allen uh, from (laughs) Manny uh, for Benny Roth, Mason Rudolph. Uh, Never thought I'd see Mason Rudolph in a trade, but here we are. 2022 first, which is Pappas, so most likely late end. And then two 2023 first, which are Keeney's and Manny's own. So, well, Manny now has three firsts in the next two years and maybe some more, but also three Pittsburgh quarterbacks, boys. What do you think about that? Well, it's, uh, wow, we, I tell you, Benny Roethlisberger, um, I, I think someone on Twitter put it best when they said, Big Ben moves in the pocket like a contractor installing a new refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the way it's... Benny Roethlisberger is going, I don't know. I don't know. Don't know if any all three of them are on the team next year. Could be interesting. Yeah, well, I guess and, it's, um, part of his grand uh, ben, plan is that he's got the uh, QB sewn up. But what's that? Ben, live on air. We have it. We have a trade. Oh, live on the podcast. Hold on, and we one of the podcast members is involved. Oh my god! Jeepers! What? He saved this. He saved this for the podcast. <laughs> you sneaky I know, devil! I know how he operates. 
couldn't give all the air time to the steam and demons, that's for sure. Gee whiz. Ooh, okay. All right, so live on air, Tyler Higby going to the Gym City Stallions. The Hig Beast, he's off him now, and he's just brought in two second-round picks in 2022, Pappas and my own there, so some late 2022 picks in the second round, I'm going to see that as. Um, talk us through it, Hod. What's the thinking? Well, the thinking is you always say that I need to read off the sheet every week, and I'm just going off the bat with this one. No time to type. Um, yeah, and I, I put Dalton Schultz out there for um, got a bit of interest early after his performance last week, and um, yeah, just sort of upped it in uh, some talks and conversations and don't know if I've done the right thing here because I'm not off the Hig Beast whatsoever. I've, I've got him in a number of little bets. I think he'll have a very good year with Stafford and that offense. But I just uh, I like um, adding to my draft class in this coming year, um, which well, I see as a nice little wide receiver draft. Yeah. So, um, yeah, And then like- up... Sorry, I was just, really torn on... Yep, you go. Yeah, I was just going to say, you like adding to your draft class. Jim likes adding to his tight end room. Gee whiz, he's got a few stashed away there. Just, Who's he got now? He's got well, Gronk. I was going to cover this. Um, so maybe maybe Gronk, and we'll get to Gronk's uh, injury status in a sec, but maybe Gronk probably being out may have uh, enticed him a little bit to start the Higby beast this week. But again, two seconds for... To, for Higby, he traded a first for Robert Tonyan last year. He traded a second for Donald Parham. Uh, loves to just trade in a tight end, the big fella. Does he? Mm. Wow, we. Well, um, yeah. I'd now, well, Dalton Schultz. I, the more I read after that game, the more I just wanted to keep him. So, um, just in that high flying offense and sort of coming into his prime at, at the age of twenty five. Um, so, yeah. There is a live on-air trade. I, I must admit, uh, Jim and I had this uh, on the table for a few days and I said, how about a little live on-air trade? <laughs> I love it. Jim was all for it. So I'm there lucky, we go. Lucky I had the sound drop ready. A little scrambling yeah, you, to find you're on. You're on today. That was pretty good. <laughs> um, let's move into some injuries and it wasn't a good week at all. Uh, there was a couple of season enders. James White. Uh, just recently acquired their Keeney, which is disappointing. Um, he's sublaxed a hip and is out or on IR, but long-term IR. That's probably the season. Um, we've got a, a recent one from yesterday's game, DJ Chark. That's a fractured ankle, so season mm. gone there. And then KJ Hamler, the, the boy that was in a recent trade, um, he's gone for the season with an ACL. And what, what do you think there? Um do you think there's any crystal ball there from... Well, let's, uh, t- let's leave it if... I reckon we might get to that a bit later. All right, we'll, we'll keep we'll going. We'll tease that one. CMC, CMC. Um, this is deja vu, boys. Sure is. This is uh, CMC hamstring, Julio Jones hamstring. CMC the- not going on IR is a good result. Good sign. Absolutely. Good sign. Um, obviously, Hammy's reoccurrence is always the concern so let's hope he gets back in yeah the two to two week mark rather than the three to four um aj brown as well keeney the the titans have copped a couple um with brown <laughs> and jodes out with hammies uh who's who's coming in with, for coverage there i'm sure you have an illustrious replacement keeney after your tra- recent trades uh yeah i think terry scary terry might 
grace the fields back in the roster this week. So he's had a week off and we'll, we'll put him back in against Atlanta. He's had a spell and he's primed for a run. Now, Gronk, he's doubtful. I uh, This is sad news because yeah, I loaded up it? in our... Well, it is because I loaded up in our punters league purely to have Gronk as anytime touchdown scorer for this coming week. But um, we might have to sit off that. Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton for the Giants, the Blue Boys. They're uh, they're out with hammies at all as well. How's the soft tissues here? There's a trend. Um, T Higgins with a shoulder, and let's hope Deontay Johnson gets up for Manny. Um, he's questionable, but trending towards playing. I think after missing, did he miss last week? I think he did. Yes. Um, mm. Yeah, and then uh, just also land uh, Jarvis Landry and Tua. They were out last week, but have now been put on IR. So that's a bit of a longer rest. Um, some better news on the injury front or illness front. Antonio Brown, he's back from COVID against the former team. Uh, maybe he can slide into the anytime touchdown against the old Pats. Um, Delvin Cook looking likely for Scoot. Isn't that going to be a big game this week, boys? Scoot and Papa, I'm looking forward to that preview. And um, Juju also back for the Steelers. So there we have it. Injuries. Um, You've got me down as this one, boys, but I might throw to you, Keeney, uh, for the week three top score prize. Yeah, well, uh, again, we've two weeks in a row here for Papa's Punishers. Mm. Um, the week three uh, top scorer with what did he end up scoring? It was a pretty uh, pretty healthy score, one sixty seven point six two. So um, another solid score. I think every week he's been in that range, one sixty five plus mm. um, tops. Top scorer. So 40, 40 bucks goes into the kitty and it de- now does push his total uh, prize money in the EDL to above zero, which is, a, which is a good effort considering the two years of entry fees. So by the end of this year, he might be uh, in line for a nice little bit of profit. But i tell you what, boys, I think the talking point here is, is uh, that uh, the irony around Jake, he selected weeks <laughs> three and 10 for the bonus weeks off the back of him scaring each week and looking at Papa's roster and going, I'm going to pick two weeks that doesn't satisfy the punishers. Well, look what he's done. He's just basically said, cop a bit of that, Jakey boy. I'll uh, I'll cop 167 and win the cash. But um, we'll see what happens in week 10. I think week 10 is probably more likely because he's got a few of his big blue Giants boys on by in that week. So, um, But round one certainly goes to Papa in this one. That is, that's almost worth double the money. Just the bragging rights for Papa and Jake. These two do not like each other. I know it didn't sit well when Papa got the top score of the EDL's history. Um, and now he's doubled down and just taken the money and run. He should be, we've got the straight cash homies, but Papa's punishes his cash is climbing very quickly. He could soon take that team name off Tim. Mm. Um, but there we go. That is the news and injuries, boys. Well, let's move on to some other league news. <laughs> continuing with the money theme, we got our uh, eliminator pool that is continuing seven teams strong. However, that might dwindle this week because we have got five of those seven teams who are on the sensible haircuts to knock off the humdingers. Now, that is n- no... Guarantee The other two teams are one for the Park City Lions and one for Prestige Worldwide. Uh, but the Humding is coming up against the Sensible Haircuts, which, as I just look, which probably means that Hod's just updated his lineup. It's switched to 22% <laughs> live in front of my eyes. 
Um, seventy-eight percent to the humdingers. Oh, sorry, seventy-eight percent to the haircuts. Twenty-two percent to the humdingers. But um, yeah, no guarantees there. How are you feeling in that matchup, Hod? Well, I don't want to ruin the preview for later, but it's it might be my only chance to crack a win on the year. It's it's close, that's for sure. It's close enough. But yeah, without without giving too much away. Keeney, since uh, you dropped out of this competition nice and early. Uh, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Piss off, <then. laughs> uh, That was my first thought. No, it's, uh, it feels like a bit of a high-risk sort of scenario here for five of the league members. Um, gee whiz, the only kind of haircut that's going on at the moment is Manny Scores. Um, hasn't been overly impressive. And I'll tell you what, the Higby trade does really push it to Manny and... I don't know who Hod picked in the eliminator pool, but maybe he's trying to tweak his own result here. This is absolute <laughs> rubbish. Oh, there's no rule saying that you can't influence your eliminator matchup, but I was sort of looking at this a bit long term because I also picked the haircuts and just there's not going to be too many weeks where you can confidently uh, pencil him in for a win just with that, like Ooh. we've pointed out, that thin Got sort that. of running back two. Position, I think there's no surprises there as well. I think Manny is well and truly setting himself up for an early draft pick too. So um, this might be his week, so we will wait and see. But we'll move on from that to another segment that we're going to bring in now. Saquon Watch. So we've got one league member... (laughs) who has been messaging me relentlessly saying we need to get in on some Saquon watch action. So I'm just going to update the listeners now. Currently number 25 overall, uh, old Saquon Barkley is after two very lacklustre weeks to start the season. Had a nice week three. He's sitting 25 overall. So I think the bet is top five. Is that right, Keeney? Yes, that's 20 positions off that. However... Some of these top running backs are not holding up, uh, which is working, I guess, a little bit in Saquon's favour as well. You've got CMC out now for a few weeks. Dalvin Cook's a bit banged up. Uh, he's only 29.5 points off that top five position there. So just some numbers. We've got Robinson, James Robinson and Mixon at three and four, respectively, uh, who have got the extra game in the books as well. And then Swifty, old Jonathan, just sitting there at number five, on 50 points. So, um, yeah, 29 points off. We'll, we'll keep the listeners updated on Saquon Watch. Keeney, how you feeling? Good. <laughs> tough tough run day this week for Saquon against the Saints. Uh, Not many look, wide receivers, kind of... though, for the Giants. There no, are some doubtful no, wide receivers that could work in their favour. True. There could be a few little screenies and dump-offs to him. But, um, look, I think that was part of the bet was... Um, that he'd start off a bit slow, which he has. I, I, it's a it's a big ask to get to the top five when you have a really slow start, but we'll see. I mean, he's he's capable, I guess, but I'm uh, feeling okay about it. Um, not not some stuff on Saquon, but I'm, I'm just surprised with Robinson there at number three, considering his slow start to the year with the first two games. Hasn't he come back strong? And mm. what looks like a very cushiony schedule for the next month. So he could solidify himself. Hasn't Matt been kissed on the dick there again? We'll just bring that to everyone's attention. Yeah, it's definitely oh. a an awkward situation has worked out in his favour. And he'll argue that, what, losing a player for the year, a high draft pick, but it has made that position a bit easier. And he did start him this week, so well played there. Um, Beautiful. 
Any other thoughts, Kenny, before we move on? No, let's let's have a look at the weekly review. What was that? I heard something, then I saw something. You didn't hear anything, man. Very well segmented there, Keeney. Just set me up nicely for the sound drop and kick it off with our first review. Yeah, well, it's only taken 20 episodes, but we're working nicely like a well-oiled machine. Uh, first game, Park City Lions, 126.78. Just got the job done against Jim City Stallions, 117.28. So nine points between the two. Mm. I'd say it was a little bit close for comfort, I think, in the end for, for Ben. And I think he was saying off, off pair that a bit of a Tonyan Rogers TD at the end. Obviously, Jim has got that stack. Jim had the uh, Tonyan Rogers stack and the Hertz Rager stack going into yeah. those last two games, and that had me very nervous. Well, yeah, and that's it's kind of for Jim's point of view. That's kind of what you want when you're playing a good team, and and maybe if you're not expected to win, it's good to have that kind of stack to get the real high upside if something goes goes nuts there. So, um, look, it was. Um, Ben, you got the job done. The Battle of the Cities here um, got the job done. Ironically, still haven't worked out whether to start or bench Ayuk. This week it was a bench, and he, he, I think encouragingly for you, is he looked like he was back involved in the offense. He looked good again. Um, I mm. think he scored, didn't he, Ben? He did. Um, so, no, nah, he he looked um, he looked pretty impressive. Um, Jim didn't start Justin Fields, but wowee, what a debut that was against the Browns' defense. Um, there's been a bit of backlash towards... Matt Nagy and his play calling, but just they couldn't get anything done. He's he um, he really struggled, and all all I suppose all the rookie QBs have struggled um, to this point of the season. But I think you know that's one week, and and he'll be okay. Um, nothing to it's, worry too much about. But it'll be interesting to see if he gets the start again this week. It was a rough out. Um, Six of twenty passes completed. Mm. And how and many you, times did he get sacked? Five times or something. Yeah, I think large. six sacks, and if you count Jesus. if you count his uh, passing yards and his sacks together, he can he um, threw for one passing yard for the whole game, which is pretty hard to do. <laughs> um, but again, I think that's why Matt Nagy's copped a bit of flack because surely you can for a first game you can scheme it up a bit better than that. Um, mm. But anyway, um, Jim actually noted here, and I think both of you noted that if uh, if the Jim City Stallions actually pulled the trigger on Emmanuel Sanders. And played him in the lineup, it uh, Jim would have won. So mm. this one was close, but uh, in the end, end of the day, Ben gets the four points. I think. Do we play for four points in this? Not sure. Why not? Um, he gets we the win and moves cash. to <laughs> play for cash. Gets the win, moves to three and zero, and um, on his merry way. Absolutely. Um, yeah, as you said, a bit closer than I would have liked. And all you can do when you when your team doesn't score as high as you expect is just hope that you get away with a win there, so I'm very lucky to get away with a win there. We'll see if that affects the power rankings as we go, but we'll move to the next game, which is the Punishers, and boy, have they started the season on fire. 167.62 against the uh, Humdingers, 73.86. Hod, 73. That is a low, low score. Um, Some takeaways here. I just, I think that that yeah, there's not really a lot to talk about. Papa's team is just performing exceptionally well. I guess for him, he would just be wanting to sustain this. And Hobbs' uh, plan of not really caring too much about this season is is working to perfection. Have you got any things you wanted to add on that one, Hod? No, just, um, you know, mental health is really important and it's just nice to take a seat back. <laughs> 
But uh, no, it's uh, a one-sided affair. This what I will say and just steal one of your points because even though I brought these points to the table, I uh, I didn't lose by a hundred. So that is that That's is something true. that one That's of our true. other league league members uh, has achieved recently against this juggernaut. So Only I'm proud person. of that effort. We we just scraped in. Yeah, I think uh, I. I don't know. I get a sense from the notes here that Papa provided us on this game that he's just a little bit up and about. What do you reckon, boys? Just a little, <laughs> just a little a lot of bit. A little lot of it. These are his three points. The humdingers have no dinger. Shame on all of those who <laughs> had. Shame on all of those who had the hum above me in the power rankings. He's not going to let that one go. Start a season, and the punishers just keep putting up big scores. He is well and truly up and about, and I have a feeling that could reflect in the power rankings a little bit later on. But I don't think any more needs to be said about this game. It was a very convincing win, uh, and Papa keeps churning out those big scores, and he'll be looking to do it again this week uh, against one of his arch nemeses. But uh, Hod, go with the next game. I will. It is the San Diego Demons with 133.12, defeated by Team Tim84, also known as the Straight Cash Ovies. You got me there again, you dirty dog. <laughs> Still hasn't changed. Um, nah, nah. That was uh, that was all by plan. Um, one thirty-seven point eight two. So a close one. This one and Very. didn't Camo put them? Didn't he put the moz on last week? This is actually brilliant. So we'll just remind the listeners what Camo put in the notes for the preview. Will CMC score fifty against Houston? Mozed him. Scored a tenth of that and now out for a couple. Will Kyler score sixty against the Jags? Scored his lowest score of the season. Mozed him. Touchdown regression coming for the Herb. Bolt up through four touchdowns. Only had one single touchdown in each of weeks one and two. <laughs> if that's not some crystal ball action Jesus. by... Uh, is he... I'll, I'll throw this to you, Kenny. Who's a bigger Melbourne supporter out of the two of you? I feel like we need to have a title there as the number one ticket holder in Demon Land. Uh, I think it's pretty close. Camo's very, very passionate. Camo's already... Bought the grand final merch. If that if that tips him over the edge, I'm not sure. <laughs> but that is not surprising. Is he is he as is he a big enough supporter to work for an opposition club and jump on a uh, Zoom call <laughs> with Clayton Oliver as his background, Keeney? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that's run us that's through one way to run us through that's, that that's, one. That's one way to get your job demotion uh, demoted. Gee whiz! Uh, go, just yeah, quickly so fill people in. Yeah, just for those um, listening, I um, I recently had a Zoom with a few mates or the family and, and put a picture of Clayton Oliver in my background, just uh, as you do. putting out the vibe, as you do. Pretty excited for the grand final. And then we had a um, we had the Sydney Swans <laughs> meeting with uh, the coach, the CEO, the GM, the footy, you name it. And there's Clary Oliver just, <laughs> just pops up and I've got shit. Better change that pretty quickly, how but it was too quickly, late. All, uh, how quickly did you turn it. your video off? Within three seconds, but it was way too late. They already <laughs> saw it. They saw it. Oh, and um, your your saving grace was? My saving grace was I said my old man reckons I look like him, which um, <laughs> I don't know if they bought it or not, but uh, after demons. <laughs> is that because of his glowing comple- complexion or his raging red do? Because uh, of his football ability. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just another saving grace. You well played. Um, Camo continues to tell us uh, he's he's obviously had such a good weekend. You probably just alluded to that, and he didn't even know he lost. So that's how well he's travelling, and still sits atop 
of the Sonny Weaver Junior Division. So he's flying. Um, and he he just just threw in Tim has a good squad. I wish him all the best. <laughs> we don't uh, we don't need that. We want enemies in this in le- uh, league. Camo, not for enemies. So Tim Os, as a man of many words, he always gives us a lot. He said Camo is a dog for putting that evil Moz on CMC, and that is all. <laughs> just taking taking the win with grace. Um, but I did uh, catch the tail end of the Monday night football game between the Cowboys and Eagles, and I just was paying attention to this tight tussle. And um, Timos, would, the sphincter would have just uh, loosened a little bit, uh, seeing the Cowboys get another touchdown going up by 20 in the fourth. I think there was about seven minutes to go and Camo needed four points from Pollard. Um, so uh, the Cowboys pulled the starters there with, with about seven to go. So that that was uh, the solidifying thing there for Timos and the straight cash homies. But I, w- I would like to bring up Pollard. He has had a cracking start to the year, a and I, I mentioned they pulled the starters. He is a starter. They're going with this two running back um, set a lot of the time. And I, the only reason I want to bring him up, because I believe he was in a recent trade. Um, so this could get juicier as the season and years go on with Pollard, because he's obviously been one of the stronger handcuffs in recent years. But now that he's getting a fair bit more playing time, he's actually an RB2. Um, so Kenny, did you did you get rid of him? I, I'm actually going out on a limb here. I can't remember. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I did it for the Eckler trade. So yeah, he was involved right. in the Eckler package last week. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I, I clearly liked him. So you originally yeah, got he, him he off can... Scoot, didn't you? Scoot drafted him. Yeah, yeah, got him off Scoot for AJ Dillon, and then moved him for Eckler. So um, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Like I was happy to. Yeah, I think he's a good like in a bye week. You can play him with confidence, or in a flex spot, you can play him with some confidence. He's going to get ten. Um, or one of those type of players, very good depth player if you're strong at that position. But that's the sort of bloke you are, Kenny. You throw in, you know, players that you don't want to get rid of, but you see value in in a, uh, the, the trade for another team uh, league member. Isn't that how you, you operate? Yeah. Try to. Otherwise, Try to. otherwise we wouldn't get many trades done, Hod. That's right. It takes two to tango. I like it. Next game. Thanks. Thanks very much. Speaking, speak uh, of the devil. Speak of the devil. Uh, well, what devil are we speaking of? You're doing it. Oh, yeah, true. Uh, so this one, the Prestige Worldwide, 150.44. Got it done over Johnny Unitas's haircuts. I'd enjoyed that. 115. So got it done by about 35 in the end. Um, I'll tell you what, there's a common theme from both parties in this one. It was off the back of my boy, Josh Allen, getting it done against the Washington football team's Lovely defense. He scored 37, four touchdowns, one on the ground, five tutties in total. Big week. Back to back to old old balls, Josh Allen. He's back to normal. That's how he normally plays. So, no, good on him. He had a great <laughs> week. Matt was telling me the wind was down um, in that game, so that's why he was a bit much more accurate. Um, so, he scored 37, so big week for him. But I tell you what, there's some a couple of interesting points from this game as well. We know... Uh, we know the situation with the running back two. Just a quick update to update with uh, running back two here for Manny. Devonta Freeman, three carries for eight yards, 0.8. So he didn't crack the one. He's um, he's cracked the one-point barrier in, in his first two weeks, but week three couldn't get it done. Um, the Sutton-Jamar uh, Chase trade, the pick five trade, as we all know, is starting to sh- take a bit of shape here. Chase looks like a legitimate star of the NFL, even in year one. Um, Sutton's obviously having a good year as well. Um, and Manny got back. Mark Andrews, who's, who's gotten a bit better. Manny Sa- so Sanders had 
Uh, Miles Sanders, sorry, had two carries in this game. That's mm. a real concern for, for Manny, no doubt. Um, and he's obviously got Cohen there as well in the trade who's been on IR all year. So we'll wait and see how that plays out. But certainly advantage to Thais at the moment in that trade. Man, Manny Sanders, that has a ring to it. I, I don't mind that by you, Kenny. But, well, I, um, think he, I think he plays baseball. <laughs> I think so. Um, but what I, what I would like to just point out here as I listen to you in, in your emotional ways at times, but this is one of the better rivals, rivalries in world sport is Chris Keeney versus Josh Allen. And I just, I just need, to, I need to confirm or deny you're angry again at him. Has he slid back into Krista's DMs? We, we need to know for the listeners. I said last week he did. But did he, so after, it, after his good performance, did he, did he slide in and say, did you see my score? <laughs> Mate, he slid, he slid in and said, see what I can do when there's less than 15-kilometre winds. <laughs> the, the, the knots are down. Alan's up. That's it. Um, one final point in this one before we move on. And I think, I think Manny, Manny's a smart man. And I think he's using this as a public forum just to air out a few things here to the rest of the league and to those who listen to the podcast. But his first point in this review of this game was Johnny United's sensible haircuts are in rebuild mode. So I think he wants that known for the league. And uh, we're happy to air that out on the podcast. But um, you know, maybe he's a team that a few, few uh, contenders are going to go after. He's got a few... Nice pieces, as we know. Tyreek Hill, he's got Russell Wilson, he's got Michael Thomas sitting on IR. Um, he's got a few pieces that I'm sure a few contenders would be interested in. So maybe maybe that's the maybe that's the path he's going down. Well, I mean, um, you know, Camo's sitting down the... Well, he's on top of the division, but he's probably not sitting where he, he'd like to be. Um, so perhaps he's pretending at the moment, but could he swing for the fences and just be a contender all of a sudden with all of the draft capital he's got in? sweep up some of Manny's assets. Who knows? We'll wait and see. Um, but what we will do is this was a juicy matchup for all uh, all reasons unbeknown to Jake. But um, the DFF did guarantee a win here. And as we alluded to last week, he is the most trustworthy of sources, um, valuable with what he says and what he brings to the table. But he did guarantee this win and he's come up short. I don't think Jake was too worried one iota, maybe a little bit. Maybe the dynasty gods had him there rattled for a bit, but um, he's popped out a win, 142 to 105. Benny? Well, I was just going to say, I think a win for the DFF is scoring over 100, isn't it? And that is a win. He's he's achieved that one. He broke That's his true. streak, Keeney. He did, and he's likely to break it again this week, mm. I think. He is. And likely to also start another poo streak, but we'll uh, <laughs> we'll keep going. Um so Jake, Jake's got a couple of comments. Um, he's a fiery man this year, Jake. He started off the year pretty quiet, but that is not um, following through. Even when the DFF exceeds expectation, they're still a shit show. But he does make a couple of points here. Zeke could be back. And I've got some invested interest here because I have him in a few bets this year. Um, he looks good. He's running strong again. That line seems to be getting healthier and better. And that was just very strong showing on the weekend against Philly is um, typically a pretty strong run day with that solid front. So he did, um, did look strong running the ball. He's falling forward again, which is good to see. And Heineke, the Heineken is a baller. Jake reckons he's maybe got the little watch here. What do you think boys? I, I'm going to be honest. I haven't seen much of the football team this year or in, the last decade, but uh, how's he looking? Well, from uh, they, from what Jake 
paid for him. He's he's doing pretty well. We picked him off off the waivers late last year when he was making that late run. He obviously was going in as the QB2 this year and has had some good fortune with old man Fitz just uh, leaving his hip behind in week one. Um, yeah, he's making some good throws. He looks he looks decent. Well, there's not and there's not many there's not many QBs you can get off the waiver wire at mm. any point during the year that can can help your team. And maybe Heineken's one. Um, I don't know what they do with Fitz next year. I'm not sure what his contract situation is, but um, he looks adequate. And certainly for fantasy, he looks adequate. I mean, they did lose by 22, but um, he's he's put up two, two good scores yeah. the last couple of weeks. So he's de- definitely startable. Oh, as you said, the return on investment's already there from someone a quarterback you get off the waiver wire. Um, so anything further from this is a luxury for the legal team. But Steph hasn't offered too much here in the notes. Um, he did give us some serious insight, though. If I doubled my score, I would have finished on 210. So that's some interesting Great take maths. from the... Uh, Great maths. <laughs> he actually put in the decimal points. Yeah, I, I was impressed with that. Um, slow and steady wins the race, he reminds everyone. Um, and I'm all... I'm, Definitely a believer in that, and up and at him. I'm not sure what that means, but we'll uh, we'll we'll quit the airtime for him because he's given us not much. No, the um, just I just wanted sound grabs. I just wanted to um, go back to one interesting player uh, from the legal team, and I'd I'd love to. We are going to get Camo on at some stage because he's just as interesting as any human can be. But Mike Williams, um, mm-hmm. this is this is an interesting player because Jake has. Obviously seen something, um, and I'd hate to say that Camo might not have because he is a homeboy to the Demons, um, being a Chargers player. But um, he is, what is he? Uh, let me just quickly get this. On the year, Flying. he is wide receiver two. So um, that's got to hurt Camo, doesn't it? He's he's brought in and he's, he's brought in a lot of Chargers for obvious reasons because he's a homer, but he's given one away amidst all of his transactions and this one looks to hurt because he's looking like a serious player this year, Mike Williams. And it's always hard to know when to trust what a coach says or what they don't say or, or what to believe and what not to believe. But Joe Lombardi comes across as the Saints offensive coordinator for five years. And in the preseason, they said they want to get Mike Williams involved in the Michael Thomas role. Um, they openly the said that, the yep. X role. So, and now he's kind of, getting a lot more... I think the difference is he's getting a lot more looks this year. He's always had talent and always kind of been a deep threat, but now he's just getting peppered with targets in that offense. And um, where are we? That's the key there. I'm, I I don't have the exact definition of the X receiver, but I think they are the first read in mm-hmm. in most playbooks, um, being that big body, um, but also can be the last read. And that's probably what Mike Williams has been a lot of his career. He's been the last read, but then wins that jump ball a lot of the time. Whereas now he's getting a look as the first read. So it's, um, it's looking to pay off for Jake. It's a good trade and he's looking like a jet for the year. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to our final game, which was the grouse scoring a one forty one and defeating the Bayside executioners one nineteen, which puts the grouse to three and O puts the executioners to O and three. And, uh, not the ideal start that Scoot had pictured for his franchise this year. So I'm just going to point out one uh, pretty clear takeaway for me, and that was Stafford versus Winston head-to-head. Now, this was a, a trade in the off-season where Scoot's team were, at the time, 
one of the top teams. Keeney, at the time, you were probably one of the lower teams. And it was a really interesting bit of insight into sort of where you were trying to take your team, I think, because you had the long-term play or the upside in Winston, and then you got in someone in Stafford who was a bit older but obviously had a better situation. Now, just head-to-head, 29 points to 13 right there. Um, don't know if, if Scoot had his time again, whether he'd still pull this trade off. Jameis Winston right now sitting number 19 QB on the season, Stafford number 7. It's a fair difference, and uh, talk about Taylor Heineke before. It's got the same amount of QB points as Jameis. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Jameis started like a house on fire with like 29 or something. As a Saints fan, how are you feeling about Jameis Winston? Uh, it's it's really interesting. It's it's almost like um, Sean Payton's told him to play more like Drew Brees and less like Jameis Winston. Mm. Um, we are dinking and dunking like we normally do. Um, there's very rare that we kind of air it out. We did a couple of times in week one, but ever like we've just been relying on the run game and, and short passing, which kind of has been a, a situation we've, we've uh, seen the last few years with breeze. Um, I, I really think, I really think they're trying to put the handbrake on Winston and, and they won't, they're happy for him just to manage the game as long as he doesn't turn the ball over that often. Yeah. Um, so that, that's, that's a worry in terms of fantasy because that's where he got all his value in Tampa Bay. was just heaving it up to Evans and Godwin and, and throwing for 5,000 yards, and I'm just not sure he's going to do that in New Orleans off the back of the first three weeks, but we'll see what happens. That's it. Only 21 attempts in that game. Um, mm. He clearly, when he was producing decent fantasy scores, a few years ago it was off high volume, not necessarily amazing quarterback play, um, and I just don't think he's going to get that high volume. I don't think the trust is there right now, and um, week two he made some very Jameis-like throws um, under pressure, and I reckon he got reined in pretty quickly after that. So, look, for him, I think a win is not being benched and replaced by Taysom. I think that's clearly you don't want that conversation to start because that's going to be awkward for Scoot. But, yeah, he'd probably be wanting something closer to 20s out of him rather than 13s. But, look, the rest of this game, um, you know, some pretty underwhelming performances from some of the bigger-name players. Madison looked pretty decent for Scoot, scored... 20 points. Uh, also, Jacoby Myers had a nice game, 94 yards off nine catches. Um, tough one for you, Keeney, was losing AJ Brown early. Only had two targets and one carry. Um, still got the job done, but, you know, getting in pieces like Eckler and Godwin have definitely helped you out there, um, you know, and getting you enough for the win. But uh, just some takeaways from both of you in the notes here. <laughs> Scoot's just, uh, he's taking the DFF approach here. He's just taking each losing week one week at a time, he said. Uh, he's also pointed out that he's enjoying losing about as much as he would going down on Magda Zabanski after she's played five sets of tennis. He's, ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Amazing. Look. Salty. Yeah, he gave he gave a gross visual last week with his descriptions. <laughs> he's just, yeah, he's a very creative writer, old Scoop, but... Um, yeah, and Keeney, you've just pointed out, like I said earlier, the Stafford-Winston trade is looking like good business and Madison could be an RB1, which I reckon that would be the ideal situation for Scoot uh, is that obviously they re-sign Cook, they maybe offload Madison and he's got two nice running backs on his hands there, which is sort of the play he was going for with Pollard, I reckon. And he's just He obviously got rid of one of those and kept Madison, which was a nice play because he had Cook. Odd. 
Can I just um, probably a suitable time just to remind you, Ben, to submit the explicit rating um, purely for this segment for this week's uh, <laughs> just for any episode. time we read Scoot's thoughts. Thanks in advance. Yeah, no, nah, cheers for that. But uh, enough talk about last week. Let's move on to the now. That's the power of love. That's the power of love. And the power rankings. My goodness, what are we? Three weeks down, going into week four, and there is some serious movement just taking place at the moment. Um, I think probably the biggest takeaway right now. That's oh, right, yeah. boys. Oh, yeah. Cool in the gang. They're telling everyone to celebrate. What would we be celebrating in the power rankings? What do you reckon, Keeney? Oh, I don't know. Is uh, is it Papa's Rise up the, up the ranking? I mean, there will be definitely one franchise celebrating that. But, boys, this is a monumental day in the power rankings. We've been doing the power rankings for over a year now. And for the first time in EDL history, the DFF boys, they have moved. They've been an absolute lock at 12 for over a year. The Humdingers dropping to 12th place. 0-3, moving down one spot, which means the 0-3 DFF for breaking their hoodoo of a sub-100 score, have earned enough respect from the league to move up to position 11. That is the first time he has been anything other than 12 since our power rankings have started, which is a pretty amazing feat in itself, if you think about it. Um, but we just really had to celebrate that one. That is, he'll be he'll be popping champagne once he hears this news. It's, oh my goodness. The, the irony, the, the amazing irony is that he moves out of the 12 spots for the first time ever and is still 0-3. Like, it's just <laughs> brilliant. Still Owen. Did so, nothing. Did nothing. Oh, he, he performed over 100. That's something. You can't uh, okay. You can't poo-poo that. But at the number True. 10 spot is the third 0-3 team, which is the Bayside Executioners, and he will be lamenting the fact that he's just sitting there at number 10 again this week. But, you know, his team will want to have to turn around to get out of this bottom third run, and to round it off is uh, a 1-2 and two team in the Johnny Unitas haircuts. Um, you know, and as we pointed out, he's he's clearly said that he's tanking, he's, he's out on this year, so I don't think he'd care too much being in that position. But let's move on to the next third run, Keeney. Yeah, the middle third run, we've got uh, in the number eight spot, we've got the Gym City Stallions, who drops down one position to number eight this week. At number seven, I'll tell you what, it's a big week for the big fella. He's, he's won the flag, his Chargers beat the Chiefs, but this could actually uh, sit atop of all these events that happened this week. He's moved up one spot in the power rankings, ladies and gents. He's up to number seven, the San Diego Demons, you'll be your Number six, uh, staying at number six is the OJ's legal team. And I think at the moment, he's clearly, he's almost wedged into number six. Like he's, there's almost a drop-off between him and number seven and him and the top five. But uh, he, he lobs into number six again for this week. And uh, what's the anti-cool in the gang, Ben? Because whilst the DFF has risen for the first time away from uh, 12 in the power rankings, I think the straight cash homies 
is in the middle thirdrant or away from the top thirdrant for the first time in EDL history. Number Ooh, five, straight cash could, homies. Could only be this sound. That is... I, I, that's going to hurt. Think that's, I think that's right, isn't it? I think he's been in the top four. He has. In the power rankings for his entire existence. Actually, I've he got hasn't a, done a heat wrong, to be honest. I've got a he's song. just lost CMC. I've got a song for him. <laughs> Free balling. Yeah. The free fall. He's dropped two spots. I don't think he's going to drop much lower than that, to be honest. I think you pointed out last week that there is some clear sort of um, tier breaks happening in our power rankings. But that top five or top six even is going to shuffle a little bit over the weeks, obviously depending on records and, and how they perform. But, yeah, first time, that's that's big. I was going to say, he's he's already pissed off with the the mozzers that his uh, team's uh, had with CMC a few injuries, and now he's cop number five in the power rankings. He won't be happy, the big fella. No, not at all. Yes, and when we move up, speaking of moving up, we'll uh, the Camo is one of the fan favourites, if not the biggest uh, fan favourite of this podcast. But um, it's just the irony of Leisure Suit Larry. He's always up and about. I can't, I can't uh, ignore this. He that is what he's made his career on being up and about. So it's good to see him moving up there, especially representing the division. Um, but when one falls, it means a couple rise. And the Prestige Worldwide is back in the top four. That'll make him happy, especially with Josh Allen flying. And the Grouse has actually dropped a spot here, which only can mean one thing. I thought he might have got top spot this week because he's Ooh. absolutely flying. But the Punishers have moved up two spots and... Let me just tell you, he's going through a tough time at the moment. Um, got some positive COVID cases around and might just be shacked up in his little apartment there. So this might give him a good 36 seconds to himself to enjoy. And <laughs> he's moved right up there to number two, but that can only mean one thing. The Park City Lions have held on. I thought you might have got pipped here, Ben, because Papa is top scorer by 50 points mm, no, on the tables. Underwhelming week from my team and another solid performance from him. Uh, the gap has well and truly closed, though. I can confirm that. There's not much in between first and second and third, for that matter. Um, so another week like that, and who knows, he might might move his way up to, week, to position one. Did you I've... just say you had an underwhelming week? At one twenty six. Yep, That's... I can can confirm. Okay, cool. Just it's, just it's all, just checking. Well, I mean, I, got, I, was, the... I had my I was up and about because uh, Harry's banjo string repair said that I was going to score one sixty ish, and Harry never lies. Normally, he's normally on the ball. Busted a string. He's a straight no, shooter. It's good to see that the two butt buddies are um, are one and two. Basically, their ass cheeks are touching each other at this point in the power ranking. So, great to see. Great for the league. It couldn't be better. I agree. I agree. Oh, I said it with all due respect. That, no, that doesn't mean you get to say whatever you want to say to me. Sure, sure as heck does. No, no, it doesn't it's mean in that. the Geneva Convention. Does, Look it up. And our week four previews uh, this week are brought to you by Ditcher Quick and Hide Divorce Lawyers. Uh, make sure you go see them if you need to ditch a quick and hide. Um, we <laughs> are going to cover the week four projections here. And, you know, last week there was some, based off the league's uh, thoughts, there were some one-sided games. It's a lot closer this week. Uh, but kick us off with the first one, Keeney. I will. And um, 
you did say there's some close games this week. I don't have one of those in front of me, but um, a big thank you to Ditcher Quick and Hyde, divorce lawyers. Um, I'm hoping I won't need to reach out to them at this early stage of my married life, but uh, it's always a good resource to have just in case. Um, so in the projections this week, we do have uh, Sleeper giving the prestige worldwide up against Jim City Stallions here, 97% win probability. The league is uh, in full agreement of that one, 100% for, for Thais in this one. So um, could be a bit of a one-sided one. I'm with you, Ben. There's a few close ones this week, but this one may not be. Um, and probably one of Jim's uh, main points for this game is that he needs, basically, he's got he's got some hope that um, he can win it because Daryl Henderson's out. And then, of course, this morning, <laughs> the Rams come out and say, Daryl Henderson's playing. So... It's almost like Jim's given up himself off the back of that one. But uh, <laughs> Thais is, as uh, as he should be, nervous about the Robert Tonyan stack um, and the first rounder that he got back for Robert Tonyan. Will it come back to haunt him? I've got a quick update for you, Thais. No, it won't. Um, so this one obviously played off on Thursday night football. We had James Robinson and Jamar Chase obviously involved in this one versus Marvin Jones. A really good start here for Thais. He's out to a... 30 to four point lead. Um, mm. So a really nice start there. And I'll tell you what, Jim's team's a little bit decimated with injury this week. He's unlikely to have Gronk, but uh, with that recent Higby trade, that might not matter too much. Uh, Melvin Gordon's also a little bit questionable at the moment. That came out today. Um, and Valdez Scantling on IR, even though he's not in the lineup, he could be a nice kind of depth play or a stack play for Jim this week with a few of his injuries, but not to be. So I expect uh, Matty Mack to get this this one done, boys. Yeah, Marvin Jones kicking it off with a 3.9. Doesn't help the cause help. either, does it? Mm. So yeah. the prestige to stay in the top four? Absolutely. Yep. All right. Speaking of top four, well, half of them. I have got Pappas Punishers and the Bayside Executioners here, and I'm living up to my name because I have not done a whole lot of prep for this. So let's see how we go. The Executioners... Uh, this is obviously from Papa because you can tell when these two play each other, there's no there's no tips of the game or the players or the strategies behind it. It is just an emotional warfare. So we'll give you a little insight into what these two are thinking and probably messaging each other constantly behind the scenes. But um, Papa, Papa has said that the executioners should change their name to the Bayside Executed as he uh, suspects that that's what's going to happen this week. Um, that's some of Papa's best work, so that says a lot. Um, Scooter's only scored 30 points more than the DFF. Now, that's an interesting stat. I'm uh, not sure where you boys had Scoot in the power rankings, but I had him quite low because of this. It was alarming how little he has scored, but is this the week that it all changes? It will be fitting if it changes against the Punishers. I think the league would enjoy seeing that just a little bit because the Punishers have themselves moving to 4-0. and I think we did talk about this at the start of the year. Is 5-0 and was on the cards for Papa, so he's mm-hmm. well and truly on his way, Ben. Can I... I just want to jump in further with uh, Papa's point there about Scoot scoring. So let's look at the max points for. So if you had an optimal lineup, the DFF, 431.38, and the Bayside Executioners, 422.36. So even with optimal lineups... Wow. He is underperforming against the DFF. So, yeah, not good signs for the executioners. So, what are you saying is the tiny genius minds are probably a lot more similar than we think. They really are. Um, Very similar schools. 
And like, uh, yeah. So the, this matchup um, has got, this is for, um, yeah, for the listeners. This is a Saturday recording. So we've actually got some insights into the Thursday night football game, which we don't normally have, which just makes the projections a bit more interesting because Papa's got off to a, a little bit of a tough start here with DJ Chark. Um, putting up a donut, got injured, unfortunately, um, and also Sterling Shepard out for the week. So might test the um, the depth here that he hasn't had to um, call upon in the early weeks. Uh, and Scoot, we, we alluded to it just before, is is this the turning point? Scoot with just five touchdowns from his skill position players through nine weeks. Uh, when will it... three? Well, I just figured skill position, three players times three. But yeah. when will it turn? Um, could it be, could this bit be the week? Uh, but we'll move on to Scoot and in classic old man Scoot fashion, this will have you all in tears. Due to my constant pissing of myself from laughing at the Punisher's team, I've had to invest in adult diapers. (laughs) Um, well, that's a better investment than Magda Zhabansky after five long sets. So, um, has anyone noticed though, this is another insight from old man Scoot. Got a lot of time on his hands, this bloke, but we we appreciate the thoughts. Has anyone noticed since COVID started that Papa has been dominating fantasy? I'm not suggesting that he and a virus that's killed 5 million globally are similar, but there is a case to be made. And there is also a case that he has a lot of old mate Dan Andrews about his head. It looks like sloth from the Goonies and needs constant (laughs) panel beating. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I wasn't expecting a sloth reference. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh. Uh and and his final note is Papa is also a fuckhead. So explicit rating reminder. Um we'll just dive into the numbers quickly before. So Sleeper has this pretty tight um baseline executioners with a 44% chance and only a 4 point differential here, which is surprising given the the punishers are scoring 170 a week. Um, over-exceeding expectations, some might call it. Uh, so th- is this the week that it changes, boys? Who did you tip? Uh, Papa. I tipped you, so just in of good course, form. Of course you did. Yeah, yeah, no, of course you did. Keeney, what do you... Uh, I, you I, went the, I went the cheeky upset in this one. As I did can, I. I can sniff it. Cop that. Cop that, Ben. We've got uh, We've got upset alert here. Sniffing is a good word. I think Scoot will sniff it out here for a victory. (laughs) All right. Well, let's move to the next game, which is the Johnny Unitas haircuts taking on the Humdingers. Um, As we pointed out when we were talking about the Eliminator pool, this is a lot of people have stake in this game. Five of the seven in the Eliminator pool just hoping that the the haircuts give you the snip hod. but we, you, Harry. we can confirm you've been to Harry, <laughs> you've visited him, <laughs> you've shored up the string, you've reinforced it, and oh, I'm a little. I'm, as someone who's picked Manny in the Eliminator pool, I'm a little bit nervous with this game because you there is upset alert written all over it. Now, just to run you through, the league has gone and picked this game 67% to the haircuts, 33% to you. Did you vote for yourself, just out of interest? I may have. You did? Just having one each way because yes. you've gotten Manny in the Eliminator pool and you've picked yourself in. <laughs> <laughs> well, can I just comment on that um, before you go on? So when 
when the stakes are at their highest, I think I'm at my best or the dingers are. But I did do my eliminator tips um, for the whole season. I did some did my due diligence and uh, I did them prior to week one. But Manny, since week one, has traded a few of his assets. Um, so it's a little tighter than what it once was. So I may have just had a little bit of incentive there to make this trade with Jim just to get it back in my favor a little bit and stay in the eliminator pool that there may have been a little agenda goodness me well the uh the sleeper projections there have altered since I did the notes on this last night so last night it had uh you at 31 percent you've since dropped to 22 percent post-trade so um the questionable tag on Carson Wentz and those little glass-like ankles that he's got. That's uh, that's going to be something you have to watch over the weekend. Uh, you pointed out, Keeney, a bit earlier that Matty Sanders is uh, he's not getting the workload that I think many people would have had him pegged for, so he'll be hoping for a bit more out of him. He's got currently Devonta Freeman sitting as RB2, projected oh, yeah. for a large 2.5. Um, First-round Freeman. First-round Freeman, exactly. Uh, but there's not a lot else to offer. He could have... He could have played Piron last night or yesterday just to secure that two point seven, which I reckon he would have. He would have liked that just to secure a, a two and a half plus um, at the RB two. But he's going to be hoping, obviously, that his players like uh, Jefferson Hill, Andrews, all these blokes uh, are up and about to get the win here. But you know, Hod, you've gone and chucked Johnson from the Giants straight into your lineup there in that flex spot. Uh, you'll hope that Mac Jones has a decent one against Brady, but I reckon that could be a tough outing against the Bucks there. So who knows? You've got Tevin Coleman. I mean, the RB2 watch in this game is just, it's going to be phenomenal. Devonta Freeman against Tevin Coleman. Um, former team, Huge. Former teammates at the Falcons oh, now going head-to-head. Great head insight. To head. Great um, insight. So it's going to be a fascinating watch. Who can score three, I reckon, might be the, the line there. We'll <laughs> give... <laughs> But yeah, um, Manny's takeaways here was if this was soccer, it would be a nil or draw. <laughs> uh, and he has put in here, which I like, the 2023 Empire Bowl preview with a few question marks there. So both teams looking to the future. Uh, and I kind of agree with that. You guys are loading up with some draft picks there that you're setting yourself up for that 2023 on. Um, and similar from you, Hod, you just pointing out the obvious in that RB2 game there, the RB Kings, uh, and who's going to get the job done there. And there, this could be, as you've pointed out, this could be your one chance to not finish with a big zizzer in the win column for this season. So I reckon as much as you have traded around to help you out with the Eliminator, you won't be too mad if you get a win here. Um, Because I don't think you want to finish with a big egg in the win column. That's Um, true. Sorry, he's he's one game back in the division. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> one game <laughs> off. We'll let, uh, I'm still hopeful. We'll talk division yeah. stuff later, Kenny. Okay. Yeah, okay. It's... I, I'm I'm curious as to the 2023 Empire preview. Well, what, what are we previewing? Like eighth versus ninth in 2023. What's the preview? I, the draft. I, I, <laughs> it's going to be maybe, pick one yeah. and pick two in the draft. The winner of the draft, maybe. <laughs> Jeez. I like it. I like where his head's at. Yeah, no, you would. Um, all right, let's go to the Park City Lions. A uh, nice matchup here against the San Diego Demons. Again, thanks to Ditcher, Quick, and Hyde, 
divorce lawyers here for the projections. They give it a 90% game to the Park City Lions. Um, the group actually thinks it's uh, more one-sided than that. 100% of tips have gone to Ben in this matchup. And I'll tell you what, Ben. Fancy catching the San Diego Demons off of a week of an absolute bender. He hasn't been to bed for four days. He's been drinking nonstop. He's blown his load and his wallet on D's memorabilia and merch. And you've copped him this week in the EDL. And you can tell he's still drunk. He's played Joe Burrow in the Superflex on the Friday night game, or the Thursday night game, sorry. Just um, just a real rookie error. Um, mm. It may not come back to bite him, but gee whiz, what a... What a uh, result for you getting Camo this week. Um, and, of course, it is the uh, the matchup or the biggest trade that went down last year, Herbert v. Mahomes. So that battle will kick off this matchup, no doubt. A few interesting uh, talking points in this one. Chubb v. Hunt, that battle's always kind of intriguing to watch. They're both pretty good on their day. Um, and certainly with no Landry, he's on IR now. I think Hunt got a bit more of a workload last week playing that pass-catching game, even though they were comfortably beating Chicago. He still got heavily involved, but um, that will always be a good matchup to watch. Look, Camo's already put the mozzers on you, Ben. He's already said his his dot points were how far Park City Lions. So he's already trying to put that out that he's got no chance. Um, Followed it up with, is is there any chance he can put in a sub-130 again? Um, Clearly trying to call on some sort of fantasy god here. Um, but I do like his third point. It was basically saying, did I mention how freaking happy I am right now? The guy is uh, <laughs> riding an absolute high. He's uh, he's pumped up, and I don't think he cares, to be honest. Can I ask, Keeney, you, you obviously would have had some fair bit of dialogue leading up to the, the granny last week. Is this how Camo was with the dogs? Was he just pumping them up? and being the ultimate pessimist leading into that game, just, just so you could shoo in the demons for the title. Uh, uh, what happened there? No, nah, he wasn't actually. He was pretty straight down the line. Uh, I think he was just, I think he was too nervous for it. I think he was just, there was just too much on the line to even play that game. Uh, he didn't even want to think of the dogs winning, I think. So uh, one more time for the listeners on your Bevo. But just to close uh, this, this game out, I'd say Javante Williams, Ben, could be a big boost for uh, the San Diego Demons if Melvin Gordon does sit. Mm-hmm. Could be a, the first real uh, kind of workhorse role for him in Denver. They obviously drafted him to eventually become that kind of running back for them. Um, and I suppose the, the question marks for you, Ben, is Kittle. He's a bit questionable. I hear today. I didn't realize that, but you pointed that one out. And if he if he does miss this week, is it time to unleash Ayuk yet? Or what are your, what are your thoughts around him? Yeah, I think Yuken. if Kittle misses, then Ayuk comes into the lineup um, just because targets simply have to be there. He's got a calf niggle, and uh, I think Shanahan said there's no guarantees that he's going to start. So I'll be watching that one pretty closely. So, yeah, not what you want from one of your top players, but we will see. Tasty. Let's have a look at the second last game of the round is there, the Grouse, our very own. Versus the DFF, he'd be quivering in his boots here. He's celebrating already on the screen. He's uh, not worried one little bit. But um, the DFF is holding back some firepower. This is a weekly talking point for Keeney. And, of course, he brings it up when he's versing him. But another solid max points for Waddle. 26 targets, still on the taxi squad. 
Um, you, you don't like mm. this, do you? There's there's some strategy and tactics that you're not liking. Could there be some rule changes in the future? Well, and I just touched on it. I won't I won't I won't go too deep into this because we'll talk about it in a sec. But he is one game back in the division. I'll just remind him the division's up for grabs if he wants it. That's it. Absolutely. Well, uh, there's some news that we've just dropped. Big news. Um, but surely this is the week that Ridley and Pitts go off. That has been... We saw Arthur Smith come over. Like, this was a match made in heaven. Atlanta, get back on track. Generational talent coming in. And they've been underwhelming. Are you a little worried about Pitts so far, Keeney? Because well, um, I'm less worried about Pitts. As I'm more worried about Ridley than Pitts, to be honest. Okay. Just because Matt, Ryan, Matt Ryan's been awful. Yeah. Um, that's my biggest concern. Pitts is 20 years old. I'm not as concerned about him. He'll be fine. Yeah. Um, I th- Ridley, I th- Ridley is a bit older and Ryan looks terrible. I think, you know, Pitts obviously comes in and the expectation was huge. It is that position that takes a little while. But, um, yeah, I did hear that Matt Ryan's average depth of target is like six yards or something ridiculous. So mm. I'm not sure why you'd be doing that when you have the firepower of Ridley and Pitts. But um, <laughs> just just speaking of glowing tight ends, uh, Cole Komet, 53 yards through three weeks. There's the week, There's the three-week update by Keeney. He just likes to slide that in. Um, and Steph, 0-3. Uh, I don't really know what to make of Steph's notes. Um, can you stop can giving just, me Steph's yeah. names? Could we just just to <laughs> fill everyone in? We just um, we put what you guys write in dot points. Steph doesn't understand that he can write a sentence. He's written he, these are two <laughs> dot points. I'll read, oh and three, oh and three, and then his second dot point is will be one and three soon. Like he's just continuing off his first point, but he's made it two points. Steph, Tom Brown, come on, mate. Yeah, it's very Tom Brown like. Just get it in quickly. <laughs> I, I think we talked about this last week is um, his battle with grammar. And I think his phone has now just cut him off completely. Yeah. And it, it doesn't allow him to write sentences because um, it's too torture, too much torture. <laughs> but there is not much to really talk about uh, here. I'll, uh, I'll quickly spit the stats out. But yeah, it's a three to one favorite for Keeney, um, judging by sleepers percentages. Um, the DFF's projection of 140, that's that's bigger than what he uh, usually has. Mm. Um, but that doesn't worry the grouse when he's rolling in a 157 um, and the league thinks exactly the same with a 92% swing. So let's get on to the big one here. Oh, before we do. No, I was just going to say, there is a bit to talk about just, just briefly. Like he's had Tyler Boyd and Lavishka Strenault play really well for him in, on the Thursday night game. So... I don't know. I'm not. I'm not counting my chickens in this one just yet. Um, he's already up thirty to thirteen, I think. So yeah, and know, I think uh, he's got. He's capable. I reckon. Levishka got a couple of nice matchups. Tackled at the one yard line as well, which yep. would have been could have been worse. Could have been worse. So absolutely, we'll uh, we'll watch this. It's a good start for him. So we will wait and see. And our match of the round this week. Could have been a couple of choices this week, but we've gone with the straight cash homies against the OJ's legal team here, which has got some pretty close projections. Sleeper's got it 58% in Timos's favour, um, and the league sees it pretty similar as well, 42% to Jake, 58% to 
Timos. So exactly the same, boys. That might be a very first that our league and our sleeper projections brought to you by Ditcher Quick and High Divorce Lawyers. Exactly the same. Uh, so will be an interesting matchup. And I think, you know, we've pointed out that Tim dropped to that second, third in the power rankings for the first time ever. I reckon Jake is just flying well and truly under the radar. He's come off a winning season last year. He's putting up 140s, 150s every week, and not many people are paying too much attention to that. I reckon he is probably loving where he's at right now with not much attention on his team. Um, Just quickly with some of their notes, Tim, he's actually gone and given three dot points on this one, which is a rarity from Timos, but he's... (laughs) He's put in, let's see if he gets McKissicked on the dick again. Um, and the irony around relying on Will Fuller this week for Timos, his number one trade bait that he's tried to float out there. He's going to have to rely on Will just putting up a decent score. And um, yeah, Claypool under an injury cl- cloud and it could be a Derek Henry day. So he's already starting to see some doubts there, Timos, in his notes, uh, which obviously with the receivers out, that's going to affect Tannehill if they are going to heavily rely on Derrick Henry. And, uh, yeah, I think he's getting a little bit nervous there, Hod. That has got to be the the best insight Timos mm. has ever given in. This is lit. Those two points there, we had them written down off air to put in and we didn't even need to do it. So, on your Timos, a few others can take a leaf out of his book and give us some material instead of some one-liners like 0-3, will be 1-3 and 3 soon. Spare me, DFF, well, peanut. you couldn't have segued this better because here are Jake's little thoughts. I can't wait to play against Team Tim84. So he's, he's riding the old train of Tim, change your name. We'll say it again for another week. He's also tried to do the camo reverse moz here, Jake, and he's just said Tim should win easily. So I think he's getting a little bit uh, hopeful there. And Kyler will once again dominate. So he's just, uh, he. I reckon he's had a look at what Camo did last week and the influence that his thoughts had on Timos's lineup. And I reckon he's just hoping for some of the same, Keeney. Yeah, that's a that's a big cry to the fantasy gods, isn't it? Um, can I just, I, I, look, I don't really want to throw him under the bus, but I will. Um Timos came up with the first dot point and I did the second and third. So just so you know, ah, <laughs> that's what's that happened. That explains it. So Three Timos dot points was rare. Let's, Insight was rare. Yeah. yeah, let's see if he gets McKissicked on the dick. That was Timos. <laughs> yeah. And then the two insightful parts were You know, made. now that you say it, it makes perfect sense. It they, does. They don't it's, sound like Timos at all. It's no never made more sense, ever. <laughs> Well, let's have a quick look. Uh, Obviously, Timos losing CMC hurts his team a lot. It means he's going to have to roll out Zach Moss there as his RB2. He did point out, well, you pointed out, Kenny, that Will Fuller's going to have to slide into that lineup as well. Um, Yeah, there's, there's some serious doubts for his team there. So... It'll be interesting to watch Heineke versus Tannehill. We've pointed out that Heineke's actually probably performing above average and Tannehill's having a lesser season than what you would have expected from him. He started to look good, but losing two solid wide receivers is definitely going to hurt there. So I think uh, Jake as well would have loved it. I mean, just after the Thursday night game, he had CJ Uzuma sitting on his bench who put up a 26.5. That was five catches, 95 yards, two tutties. He would have been loving life if he had just started him in that tight end position. But now he's got to roll with Hooper Hooper, and uh, hope that he can perform 
Probably not the same as CJ, but that's a very nice stat line from CJ. He looked good. Um, Burrow was looking for him a lot yesterday. But yeah, not a lot else to say about this. As I said, the league's got this one pretty much split down the middle. Who did you boys go for here, Hod? Who did you pick? Uh, I actually did go the legal team because of those uh, the third, second and third dot points that Timos put in. Thank you very much for that again. Um, they were basically, yeah, um, McCaffrey out. And then, yeah, I think it'll be a Derek Hill, uh, Derek Hill, Derek Henry show against the Jets and Tannehill might just take a little backseat. So tick to the legal team for me. Keeney? Yeah, I did the same. I, I can sniff an upset here. Um I think there could be a few upsets this week, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I, I think t- uh, Jake in a close one, but looking forward to it. Go, Jake. Mm. And I think I also went with Jake just for those reasons. I Ooh. think CMC having to be replaced by Moss is going to hurt. And then, as we said, some injury clouds that doesn't help him in the other positions. Is, is that your uh, fanboy act there, Keeney, because you're thinking division sort of stuff here? Well, we have alluded to it a few times in the pod and it is time to get divisional. So, boys, let's get divisional. Divisional, divisional, (laughs) divisional. Let's get divisional. Let's talk division stuff. Oh, shit. Oh. oh yes, so we couldn't that, get a better couldn't get a better segue, and then he couldn't get a better intro music off the back of it. That's I'm, amazing. I was yes. pretty happy with this, that. Um, <laughs> been sitting on that one. We are flying at the minute. Yeah, and if you the listeners have to appreciate live recordings because that was a full surprise for Keeney and I. <laughs> <laughs> that that explains the grin that yeah. was on Ben's face before the drop. Very happy with that one. Live, well, well, let's get divisional. Live, yeah. What were you going to say, Keeney? I was going to say the Olivia Newton Lions, but don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, God. The Sunny yeah, Weaver Junior we Division, boys. It. The Sunny Weaver Junior Division. Let's talk about them. Because currently, after three weeks, Why? they are sitting at a combined 2 and 10 in the wins column, which uh, for those playing at home is not a lot. That's uh, two teams on one win, two teams on zero wins. Pretty poor. And let's compare them to the Vontae Mack division, who's absolutely flying, who's on the inverse there, combined for 10 wins and two losses. Uh, and just to further stat it out there, Sonny Weaver's average points for in that division, 330.55. And the Vontae Mack division's average is 460.98. So 130 points averaging more in that division, which means that one of these teams in this pooey, poo, poo division is going to get the third seed. How do we feel about that, boys? Well, well that, hopeful, maybe. Well, yeah. But, but yeah, and that and that's what I was saying about um, about Camo or the DFF or even Hod. You're not far back. You're one game back. You're one game back from the three seed, let alone Please. making the playoffs. It's oh. uh, I know it's unlikely, Hod, but um, I think what this tells me is the last six weeks of the season when you all play each other, that's what it's going to come down to. Whoever mm. can get hot in the last six weeks are probably going to be the three seed. Going to be. Can any of them get hot? <laughs> can get lukewarm. <laughs> yeah, um, what I will uh, just comment on the divisions is uh, we've got obviously the juggernauts 
the Vontae Max, the bottom feeders in the Sunny Weaver. And then your division, Ben, is just uh, couldn't be more of a middling tier at six and six. So it's military, funny how it all works. Military medium. Mm. Mm. And a, just... We, we need to rename the divisions. Well, just to put it, so the second place team in the Bo Callahan division, which is OJ's legal team, their points fourth, 432. And the fourth place in Vontae Mack is Timos with 424. So your division, Keeney, is well and truly flying at the moment in this league. Something has just come to me uh, in the... And let's get divisional. Uh, the Prestige Worldwide uh, GM owner, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, uh, Thais came up with something very enticing and I'd love to get your view on it. He is stuck in that juggernaut division, um, sitting at a very healthy third place. And he was asking the question around, can we ever look at in this league trading draft capital to move divisions? <laughs> I thought it was very uh, clever. He's a clever man, but what are your thoughts on that? Um is it a ridiculous thought or is there some traction? Uh, no, it's ridiculous. And I think it's <laughs> the, the irony for me is that Thais handpicked this division. He did. So if he he's really going to complain about it, maybe pick Manny next time, Thais. Actually, Thoughts? can we... Yeah, so he's picked that division. Scoot's picked the Bo Callahan division and he's sitting bottom. Who You didn't pick the Sunny Weaver one. Did. Oh, Steph did. And he's sitting second last. So, yeah. Some strong picking. Well, we've we've already had one live on air trade, and um, I'm about to accept uh, three 2023 first rounders from Matt, and we're going to swap positions. So <laughs> there's the second live on air trade. Uh, I'll just I'll just push accept as soon as you can work that into the and T's and C's. He would rocket to that number three seed straight away. Yeah, top of that division. He goes he goes from the four seed to the three seed. Yeah, you beauty. Crazy difference. Let's move on to a segment we haven't heard in a while, but let's hear from Hod and his crystal balls. Back to the future! Ow, my balls! That is correct. It's been way too long since we've heard that intro. Um, this is uh, just an interesting one with KJ Hamler going out for the year, but. Um, Sorry, did you, did you have something there, Well, ben? just some breaking news. Was, I won't even bother was, doing the sound. It was, actually, it, was, it was actually interesting because you said, uh, I'm just about to accept the trade and I've got to sleep a notification. Jim, <laughs> oh, really? Jim's just dropped Darius Slayton. Interesting. Fascinating. He's out for a week, mate. He's out. It's not, re- not redraft, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't Jesus think so. Jesus Christ. Anyway, sorry. Keep going. Talk about it. I think... I probably think it's um, he's seen how talented Colin Johnson is and thought, well, Slayton's not going to get back in. Colin's um, not a very good superstar wide receiver name, is it? <laughs> Throw it up to Colin. <laughs> Mr. Johnson. Um, so KJ Hamler, he's done. Now, this was, this was a little talking point a little while back with a trade with Jim and Tim. And I think a few in the league thought that there was a bit of fleecing going on with this. But... Um, Maybe maybe Timos just had a little crystal ball and and could see into the future and see uh, no sorry Jim could see into the future and saw this injury happening. Um, I actually don't know why we're running with this segment. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Never a better time to, to get, realize. 
I was trying to give you the the no go before, but um, yeah. Anyway, this segment will not be back, and we'll never have a sponsor again. <laughs> we'll just we'll what just was feed the point? into you were the, trying to the make live. the point that uh, Tim. I've got no idea future. what point I was trying to make. No, That's I'll it make is. it. I'll make it for you. Go for it. Go. He's he's traded in KJ Hamler, and then within a few days, he's just started to try and offload a poo poo platter with KJ involved. That's right. And maybe he knew, did he have a crystal ball and uh, mm. just know that the ACL was coming? That's because you, you were involved with this, Kenny. That's why you I know sure it. sure was. <laughs> Will Fuller, his boy, with KJ Hamler for Terry McLaurin. Wow, we, there we go. My goodness. Well, next time, we, uh, next time we have a crystal ball, uh, you can run that one, Kenny, because I don't like it. Just relinquishing his balls, just like that, Hod. <laughs> Very easy. All right. Well, there we go. It's a uh, it's a long one this week. We we definitely didn't keep it brief, but plenty to get through. Plenty of stuff to talk about. Obviously, a bit more to talk about with that Thursday night game in the books has led to some interesting matchups um, and some fascinating head to heads. So we'll, we'll we will wait and see. I'm probably. Keen to just watch closely that sensible haircut humdinger matchup because of how many of mm. us are riding on the Eliminator pick there. What are your sort of things looking forward to this week, Keeney? Well, first of all, I think uh, Hod needs to get his crystal balls polished because that was uh, not a mm. clean segment, but we'll work on it. They were rough. The thing, I, the thing I'm looking forward to most this weekend, boys, is watching the third quarter of the D's versus the Dogs. Geez, it'll be good. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're up and about because uh, my closing cook, there's another segment we uh, we have. My closing cook might bring you down a little bit, Keeney, because what I'm what I'm uh, sensing here is if the weather is kind and the knots are down, Josh Allen could have a big say in uh, Chris Keeney picking up that phone and maybe giving our major sponsor of this week's show a call because if there's any more DMs, I don't know what he's going to do, the big fella. Josh Allen's flying. But uh, speaking of this major sponsor, we'd like to thank him again, Ditcher Quick and Hide. And I need to Ditcher Quick and Hide off to the gentleman room there, fellas. Podcast oh. clogged oh. up and out. 